0: I'm actually going to start with an announcement. Jake mentioned small groups and uh, I realized our small groups are kind of staggered in a start, so I'm just going to do this the next three weeks because I think that's when they all start. Uh, Could you stand up if you're a group leader or LIT whose group starts this week, like this upcoming week? Jake, it's just you. So, uh, Jake, just keep standing and tell them, you know, like a little bit about your group, time, place, that type of thing. Yeah, we meet Tuesday every week 6.30 at my house, in close Yeah, perfect. All right, thanks, Jake. That's good. I just, uh, oh, and also that an- that small group's board out there, that open door right out there, there's a uh, a board with all the information that's updated and a little slip of paper you can bring home so that you don't have to depend on coming here on Sunday to get, like, Jake or a new small group leader uh, standing up to let you know, hey, we're starting this week, in case you missed their week. You have all the information, their phone numbers, on a little slip of paper that's kind of bending over. I couldn't get it to stand up right. so it's kind of bending over saying, take me home. Um, so with that said, uh, let's launch into the sermon. Um, so, most of the time after service, there's a group of us who go out to lunch together. Uh, not every week, but almost every week. And so, this is, I'll start with an open invite. If you ever want to come to lunch, uh, we go to like Taco Bell, Wendy's. It's, we don't really go for the food as much as for the fellowship, for time together. So, uh, one of these, were one of those days earlier this summer, Rose and I went to lunch after church with a bunch of people, and we were having a good time. Um, having a lot of fun talking. And then my wife kind of told me something with her face. Last week, we talked about nonverbals and she might've even like given me a gentle tap on the leg. Uh, and what she was telling me was, Ben, you've interrupted this guy like twice in a row now. <laughs> and uh, man, I f- I felt terrible, really embarrassed and ashamed. She, she didn't shame me, but I, that was to my own folly and shame because whenever you're interrupting someone, you're not listening. You're not listening to them. And that's to someone's folly and shame. Proverbs 18:13 says, "If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and his shame." Proverbs 17, "Even a fool who keeps silent, who keeps his mouth shut, even a fool is considered wise." When he closes his lips, he's deemed intelligent. Or Proverbs 18:2, "A fool takes no pleasure in understanding." but only in expressing his own opinion. And man, when I got that leg tap, I was oh, I don't want to be that guy. (laughs) And so I quit talking. um, And later that evening, I sent my buddy, it was a friend, a friend of mine, and I said, hey man, I'm so sorry for interrupting you today. Please forgive me. And he was gracious and he said, oh yeah, like you're totally forgiven, which was great. Um, But today, I tell you that story because today we're going to look at the people skill of listening which is incredibly important and if you're here and you're like uh oh uh, this is for me because i'm a talker uh, it's actually for all of us even if you're quiet doesn't mean you're a good listener Uh, and at the core of listening is the verse that jake led us through during announcements philippians 2 3 through 5 at the core of listening is putting the interests of someone else above your own interests Um, So it doesn't matter if you're a talker or not, listening is not natural for you. Putting someone else's interests above your own does not come naturally for any of us. Uh, And I thought this week, man, if it did, if if we were naturally good listeners, where we didn't just listen for our own sake, like in a job interview, you might listen and pay attention because, you know, you want to make a good impression and something, you could gain something by being a good listener, But if we were good listeners, even like times when we had nothing to gain, just how much of a better place would the world be? How many wars could be avoided? How many conflicts uh, would not be blown up uh, into something huge? Uh, Just if we sought to understand each other and our problems, I'm convinced the world would be a lot better of a place but then I, th- then it made me think that listening isn't our problem. There's a bigger problem than listening. Uh, the reason that we're selfish and that we're not good listeners, th- the root of our listening problem, it's our sin problem. And we're all selfish. We're all kind of naturally bad listeners because we're all sinners. Every single one of us. Romans three ten through 12 says, There's no one righteous, not even one, there's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They've together become useless. There's no one who does good, not even one. So there's no one who does good in listening or in anything else <laughs> on their own. And so we're in this plight, we're in this dilemma of, well, if, if we're sinners, then how, do we, how are we fixed? And I just want to say it's a really bad idea to trust yourself to fix yourself because you're broken. It's a really bad idea to trust someone else here to fix you, to trust me to fix you because I'm broken. So the only solution to our sin problem, which is the core problem, it's the core problem of our listening problem and all of our problems, the only solution is to trust Christ. Let's look at Romans 6.23. The wages, which wages is what we earn, the wages of our sin is death. And so sin is a problem. It's a big problem. It's a life or death problem. But this verse continues, the gift of God, the gift which God freely gives, not what you've earned, but what God has given, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So I wanted to start by sharing the gospel this morning um, so that you could listen and really hear, so that you could hear and really hear the rest of the message because if you don't have Christ, if you're stuck in your sin and you're a slave to sin, the rest of the message today really won't be that helpful. It'll kind of, it'll penetrate your ears and you'll, you'll hear it, but you won't understand it. So I just want to say that this is what God is inviting you into. This is the eternal life that uh, Christ came to bring. It starts with justification, which it, these are fancy. These are big words but we've gone through them as a church before because they're really, really important words. You don't have to know the words, but know the ideas. Justification is when you first said, I'm a sinner and I can't become good before God on my own. Jesus, I trust you to be my Lord and Savior. That means that you were made right with God that very moment. You were justified. So you you were dead in in, in your sin and then you were made alive in Christ. That's the first vertical line. But then the rest of your life, we also need to keep trusting Christ. And so you see that squiggly line, it goes up and down. That's the process of sanctification. That means you're being saved. You're in this ongoing process of being changed to become more like Jesus. And then when Jesus comes back, or when you die, whichever comes first, there's the last vertical line, which is glorification. And that's when we are made perfectly righteous. So we're given this the status of righteousness before God in justification, and then we we get to grow into that, like that becomes part of our character in the process of sanctification, which is up and down for all of us. But we should be trending up and to the right, okay? That's growth up and to the right. And then we get to experience it in fullness in glorification. So so that's eternal life. That's that's what the gift of God is in Jesus Christ is. It's all of that. Not just part of it, not just heaven, but it's right now. Eternal life starts right now. Continues right now. So, how does listening relate to all of this? Well, knowing God is about relationship. It's all about relationship. And listening is a key part of relationship. So, when Jesus was asked What's the most important command? He gave two answers. He said, First, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And then the second is like it. He said, The second is like loving God. It's love your neighbor, love the people around you as you love yourself. So that's why we're doing this series on people skills. That's why we're looking at listening today because. Our love for God is to impact our relationship with other people, and as we move towards loving God and loving people, we we're going to make disciples. That's just going to happen. If we love God rightly, if we love people rightly, we will make disciples. And we've so this series honestly is like a culmination of who we are as a church and where we've been and what we're going through. So if this is your first time with us, we talk a lot about making disciples who make disciples. And uh, we believe that disciples are made through relationships. So, again, people skills, right? That's why we're doing the series. So, how do you make disciples? It's building relationship with God, deepening that, and deepening relationship with people. So, even though you're never going to find the phrase personal relationship with Jesus anywhere in the Bible, you Google search that, and you will not find it. And if that bothers you, it used to bother me. Like, why do we use this phrase if it's not ever anywhere specifically in the Bible? Well, it's on every single page. Just not in that specific format. You, you cannot, there's no page in the Bible that you will not see God relating to us and God inviting us to relate with him. So even though the net, that, that phrase exactly is not in the Bible, the truth is being expressed on every page. And so today as we look at listening, my goal is just to encourage us all towards biblical listening. What, what the Bible says listening to God and to each other looks like. So before we get started, I just want to recognize what we've said every week in this series, that on our own, we can't do this. Like we cannot grow in people skills in a way that glorifies God on our own. We have to rely on Christ, rely on his help. So let's just pause and ask for God's help um, as we continue. Lord, we believe that you're worth all of our love. That you just didn't ask us to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, but you're actually worth that. And so we believe that every relationship in our lives exists for you, and we cry out again to you today, would you help us make the most of those relationships? Would you help us relate to each other out of our relationship with you? None of us have what it takes to love people, to love people well apart from you, but you've kindly given us who it takes. You've given us yourself. So just like we sang, God, we pray again, Holy Spirit, soften our hearts so that today we would hear and we would obey. Amen. Uh, This week I read about a man who had a conversation with a botanist and a... this man didn't know anything about botany, but uh, he listened to the botanist, asked him questions as the botanist talked, and at the end of the conversation, the botanist said to the man, you are the most interesting conversationalist I've ever heard. And, uh, and the man had hardly said anything uh, the whole conversation, but you see, to be interesting, all you have to do is be interested in someone. Because when, when, when we listen with intent and care, it communicates an incredible amount of respect and concern for that person. So think for yourself, who are some of the favorite people in your life that you talk with? Uh, presently and in the past? And why are they your favorites to talk with? People who listen well? to us and then like a couple days or a couple weeks later, they come back and say, hey, I remember you telling me about this. How's that going? They they show that they want to hear what you say and they show that they want to hear by doing something with it. I know for myself, those are the people I most enjoy. They make me feel like, they, they they not only hear me and understand me, but they want to and they show their want to by doing something and not surprisingly, at least not to me that matches up with the biblical understanding of listening which is wanting to hear in order to do and so i've got a smattering i've got four verses from all over scripture to kind of show that this is the biblical theme of listening that you want to hear in order to do and it starts with the shema which is one of the most important verses in the old testament shema is the hebrew word that means to hear or listen and so uh, the Shema is Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. It says, Hear, O Israel, or listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. So again, we see here, wanting to hear. Listen up, Israel, in order to love God, here's who he is. So it's wanting to hear in order to do. We see the same thing in Psalm 81. The psalmist writes, My people did not listen to my voice and Israel did not obey me. And then God says, oh, that my people would listen and that Israel would walk in my ways. So again, this correlation between wanting to hear and doing. In James 1, we see the same thing. James writes, everyone should be quick to listen. But then in verse 22, he says, don't merely listen to the word. Because if you just listen, you're deceiving yourselves. James says, do what it says. So there's listening and doing tied together. That's what the biblical understanding of listening is. And Jesus concluded his great sermon on the mount in Matthew 7 with that same idea. He says, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So again, we see listening or wanting to hear in order to do. There's listening and doing, not separated, but together. That's what it means biblically to listen to God. And so, like I said before, even though you never find that exact phrase, personal relationship with Jesus in the Bible, the truth, the truth of that is all over the place. And so we just looked at listening. Um, there, there's many other ways that it's all over the place. And, and the passage that I want to dive into together this morning uh, and go in depth on is in Luke 8, verse 18, when Jesus says, be careful then how you listen, right? Jesus says, be careful then how you listen. And so we're going we're gonna to read uh, the context so that we can understand what does Jesus mean when he says to be careful how, how you listen, I'm going to start reading in Luke 8, verse 4. I'd encourage you to open your Bibles and follow along. The words will also be on the screen. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town to town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some seed fell on rocky soil, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. On other seed, fell, other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When Jesus said this, he called out to the crowd, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked Jesus, what did this parable mean? And he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable, Jesus told his disciples. The seed that was sown is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So Jesus just gives us the meaning of this parable, which is really helpful. He says, those who hear the word, and then they do it, and then they keep doing it. So it's hear, do, and keep doing. That's, that's the point, or that, that's, the, that's the meaning and summary of what he's saying with this parable. But if that's the meaning, why did Jesus tell it? Like, what is he getting at? He's, he, want, he wants them to listen and do it and keep doing it. But why did Jesus tell it? Let's, let's keep going in verse 16. He says, No one lights a lamp and hides it in a, in a clay jar or puts a lamp under a bed. In, instead, they put a lamp on a lampstand so that those who come in can see the light. And so Jesus is saying, if you hear the truth, you've got to do something with it. You've got to show it, not just hide it. Like, oh, I'm having my quiet time in the morning. I fold up my Bible and with it, I fold up God's truth for the day. Like, I, I don't use it anymore. I, I've been there. I've done that today. No, you you take it and you live it. And then in verse 17, he says, there's nothing hidden that won't be disclosed, nothing concealed that won't be known or brought out into the open. So Jesus is saying, even if you hide it, even if you live like you didn't meet with God this morning, or if you, if you live like you don't know Christ, even if you ignore it, everything is going to come out into the open. Everything is going to be known one day so that everyone can see it. And so Jesus is encouraging his disciples to live this way now. And so in verse 18, he says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. He says, whoever has is going to be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. So often, I've heard this parable, like, you know, there's many different ways for people to say no to the gospel. Many different ways for people to... Uh, reject Christ, you know, they, they look like they're interested and then they fall away. And, and I think that's a true and a good application. But what Jesus is saying to his disciples here is, you guys be careful how you listen. They were the ones that history has shown. They were the, they were the crop that, that persevered and that produced, reproduced a hundredfold. They were the last group of seeds that were sown on the good soil. They heard the word, they did it, they kept doing it. But Jesus is warning them in verse 18, be careful how you listen. Because how you listen will determine which of these crops you become. Which one is, de- is a depiction of you. If you hear but don't act, you will not progress. If you listen but don't do, you're not really listening as God desires us to listen in the Bible. And so I hope you see, this is, this is the repeated theme of Scripture, even the repeated theme of Jesus' teaching. In Luke 11, Jesus said, he was, he was teaching in a crowd, and a woman called out, and he said, and, and the woman said to Jesus, blessed is the mother who gave birth and nursed you. Like, it's so great to be related to you, Jesus. That, that's, that's what it means to be Blessed. And he said, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So Mary wasn't blessed because she was Jesus' mom in the physical sense. Mary was blessed only as far as Mary heard the word of God and obeyed it. And that's the same for us. If you want to know what blessing is, hear the word of God, obey it, and keep obeying it. So originally I had like four applications to this message. Uh, I honestly don't remember how many. Oh, good, good. I, can't, I couldn't remember how many slides I created because I changed it from four to one. <laughs> this is the one application for us. And I want to quote a theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, from his book, Life Together. I highly recommend that book. Um, I just want to quote him and then we'll do this application together. Bonhoeffer writes, he who can no longer listen to his brother will soon no longer be listening to God either. He will do nothing but prattle, which is kind of make noise with your voice, but prattle in the presence of God too. Bonhoeffer says, this is the beginning of the death of the spiritual life. Anyone who thinks that his time is too valuable to spend keeping quiet will eventually have no time for God and no time for his brother, but only time for himself and his own follies. So we're going to conclude by spending the next five minutes uh, doing just that. We're going to spend five minutes keeping quiet and listening. Uh, So, yeah, just listen to God. And uh, if if you want to make notes of anything that God might be encouraging you to do, so that you don't forget and do it later, Uh, you can do that. And at the end, I'll I'll lead us in prayer. So let's let's spend some time just sitting and listening for God. God, whether we enjoyed this or not, whether our minds were cluttered or uh, relatively free and empty and focused on you, Um, we know that you love us the same. Your love is not something that we could ever earn. Pray that we would, we'd learn how to hear from you, how to listen and do what you tell us. Uh, God, if there's, if if you prompted or encouraged anyone to do anything, I pray that they'd share that with someone else. if they have to pull them aside or pull them outside by their car to get some privacy, uh, help us, God, to keep each other accountable to what we hear from you. As the worship team comes up, I encourage you to keep reflecting, uh, and I just encourage you to commit to saying yes, even if you never, even if you didn't hear from God this morning, just say yes to God. Uh, regarding anything that he might say to you and say yes to, to discerning that in community.